today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The land between these great kingdoms. It's also referred to as the sacred bridge because it's the bridge that connects Europe and Asia and Africa. God placed His people right there. All the places He could have put them, He put them at the most important intersection of the ancient world. Why did He do that? So that they could be a witness for God in the world. God's chosen promised land to His people was not chosen by accident. He was purposeful and intentional in giving them this specific place. He placed His people in the midst of all nations in order to be a light and a witness for Him. And as Pastor Dan teaches today, you too are placed where you are for a purpose. It's a strategic spot in order for you to be a witness right where you are. When people see your light, your love, your devotion to God, you point people to Him. Your witness matters wherever you are. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Holy of Holies in the Jewish mind in the ancient world was the center of the center of of the whole world. So he's talking about the geography of the land of Israel here. And when we think about where the promised land was located geographically, I think for some of us, we we think of of the land of Israel as somewhere in the middle of, of nowhere, you know, where, the, where God's people could live and they could worship God kind of off on their own, away from everything, kind of just out in the boonies, you know, like, like out in South Dakota or Iowa or something like that. And, uh, but, but really what we see here is that God strategically placed his people, the Jews, right at the geographic center of the ancient world. He actually put them at the biggest intersection of the ancient world. If you think about a map of, of Israel and kind of a map of the Middle East, and if you look at that map of Israel, you'll see that Israel sits right where the continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa meet. So anyone traveling between those continents had to pass through the land of Israel. Any commerce, any trade, any business between those continents. If they didn't go by sea, most of them went by land, and they passed through uh, the land of Israel. Also, all of the biggest superpowers of the ancient world surrounded the land of Israel. Again, if you look at a map, or you think about the map of Israel in the ancient world, you've got Egypt to the southwest, you've got uh, Assyria and Babylon and Persia, uh, these, these huge superpowers of the ancient world. And Israel sat right in the middle of all of the great superpowers of the ancient world. And so that made Israel the battleground between these superpowers. Uh, a lot of wars took place in Israel because of its location between these kingdoms. 
Uh, Israel is sometimes referred to as the land between. Because it's the land between these great kingdoms. It's also referred to as the sacred bridge. Because it's the bridge that connects Europe and Asia and Africa. And God placed his people right there. All the places he could have put them. He put them at the most important intersection of the ancient world. Now, why did he do that? So that they could be a witness for God in the world. So that they could be a witness for God in the world. There's many verses that, that talk about this or refer to this. I'll give you just two. Exodus chapter 19 verse 6. God says to Israel, they are to be a nation of priests among all people, all the people, all the nations. They're to be a nation of priests living in the midst of all the nations. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 6, God tells Israel that they're keeping the commandments and the law of God will be a witness to the surrounding nations. God says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 of his commandments, obey them completely and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. He tells them, keep the commandments so that you can display your wisdom among the nations that surround you. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation? For what great nation has a God as near to them as Yahweh, our God, is near to us whenever we call upon him? So God put his children his people, the children of Israel, at the center of the ancient world so they could be a witness to the entire world. Their geographic location was important to fulfilling the mission of God. And here's the thing. God has placed each of us where he has placed us on purpose. God has placed you where he has placed you on purpose. It's strategic. He has placed us where he has placed us so that we can be witnesses for him and so that we can be part of fulfilling the mission of God in this world. He has, he has placed you in the house that you're living in so that you can be a witness to your neighbors in your neighborhood. Uh, he has given you the job or he has put you in the school that you go to so that you can be a witness to those people for Jesus Christ at work or in your school. And as you let your light shine before people, those that you're uh, around and they see your good works and they see your life and they see your love and devotion to God and they, they see your family, it's all a witness to them. You see, I, I believe that God has strategically placed each one of us. He strategically placed the children of Israel in the midst of the nations he put Jerusalem right in the midst of all the nations so that the nations will see how the people of God worship the true and living God. And they will see how the God of the people of Israel is a blessing God and how he blesses his people who walk with him and obey him and keep his commands. But you know the story. 
If you've been with us on Thursday nights for any length of time, especially as we've been going through the the prophets, you know Israel did not worship God the way they were supposed to. Israel was a bad witness for God in the world. Our witness matters. Our witness matters. It should matter to us and it definitely matters to God. And that's what he's talking about here in chapter 5. When he says in verse 5, I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. And then he goes on to say in verse 6, she has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries that are all around her. For they have refused my judgments and they have not walked in my statutes. God says, instead of keeping my commands as a witness to the nations around her, the people of Jerusalem and Judah have rebelled against my judgments. Notice what he says here. They became more wicked than the nations surrounding her. What a statement that is. Israel became worse than the pagan nations they were supposed to be witnessing to. The pagan nations who, who, who didn't know God at all, didn't know His commands, uh, were actually more tolerable to God than the people of God who had His Word. That's quite an indictment when non-believers act more like believers than believers act like believers. That's what was happening. The word refused there in verse 6. They have refused my judgments. It means to despise The people of Israel despised God's judgments. They despised God's commands. It's it's not just that they became careless in keeping God's commands or that they became lazy or that they went astray. That they got off the right path and they just need a little help getting back on the right track. They despised God's commandments. They hated them. In chapter 16 of Ezekiel, God says, listen to this. Listen to this indictment. Sodom was never as wicked as you are. And Samaria didn't commit half the sins you have. He goes on to say, your sins are so bad, they make Sodom and Samaria look righteous compared to you. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That, that they were more worldly and carnal and ungodly than the non-believers that lived in the nations around them. It's a pretty bad indictment. Verse 7 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God. This isn't Ezekiel's word. This isn't Ezekiel's opinion. This is, this is what God says. Because you have multiplied disobedience, More than the nations that are all around you. Again, those nations they were supposed to be a witness to. And you have not walked in my statutes, nor kept my judgments, nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you. Verse 8 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, indeed, I, even I, am against you. And will execute judgments in your midst in the sight 
of the nations. See, God's still concerned about the salvation of those nations. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And the witness and the testimony to those nations. He he says here, I'm against you. Wow. God says, "I'm, I'm against you. I mean, think about how often in the Bible God says that he is for us. Romans 8.31, since God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. But here God says, I'm against you. I'm against you. Because you have rebelled against me. Because you despise my judgments. Because you're a bad witness for me in the midst of the nations. I'm against you. That's a pretty sobering declaration that God makes here. He's he's working against them. In fact, the the word here, it it has the idea of, I have become your enemy. I'm like an enemy to you, Judah and Jerusalem. I'm, I'm against you. It reminds me of what the Bible says, that the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. We're not talking about the person who falls short or the person who wants to please God and wants to walk with God but just comes up short sometimes and sins. We We all sin. We all fall short. All we like sheep go astray. But for the person who just transgresses, for the person who just rebels and rejects God's commands and God's word and God's way, the way of the transgressor is is hard. Now now God is, is no longer working for you, looking to bless you and guide you and help you. Now He's against you. Now He opposes you. Now, now He is like an enemy to you, making the way hard, making life difficult, making circumstances not work out in your favor. Goes on here in verse 9 to say, look at what God says here. I will do among you what I have never done and the like of which I will never do again Why? Because of all your abominations. You know, Jesus said a similar thing in the New Testament in the Gospels uh, when he was talking about the seven years of tribulation that will come upon the earth at the end of this present age. You do understand that human history is not going to go on like this 
forever and ever without end. There is an end to human history as we know it. There's a consummation that will take place. There's going to be seven years of tribulation upon the earth, followed by the return of Jesus Christ to the earth to establish his kingdom on the earth. And Jesus, when he was talking about that seven years of tribulation that will come upon the earth, where God is pouring out his wrath and his judgment upon this Christ-rejecting world, he says, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. During the tribulation, the, the, the anguish, the tribulation that will come upon the earth will be like never before seen on the earth, and it will never be so great again. Verse 10. Here, now he's going to describe here. He just said, I, I will do among you what I've never done and the likes of which I will never do again because of all your abominations. And now he just gives us one, one example here of how bad it's going to be during the siege of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst and sons shall eat their fathers. And I will execute judgments among you. And all of you who remain, I will scatter to all the winds. We've, we've talked about this before. The, just, just the horrific conditions in Jerusalem during the Babylonian siege that lasted more than a year. Uh, where the city was cut off and the people inside the city were, were, were starving. And it got to the point where people resorted to cannibalism. Eating their own family. Unimaginable. Unimaginable. Now, what God says here that he's going to do, and what he goes on to say that he's going to do here in chapter 5, and even on into chapter 6, God warned the children of Israel before they even came into the promised land. Before they even entered the land. When, the, when Moses was still leading them through the wilderness, God warned the children of Israel that these judgments would come upon them if they persistently rejected God and persistently rejected His commands. All the way back in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. If you're taking notes, Deuteronomy chapter 28 uh, and, and Leviticus chapter 26. And let's turn back to Leviticus 26 so we can see what God said to the children of Israel. Again, this is... This is when Moses is leading them through the wilderness. This is before they entered the promised land under Joshua. And here God uh, lays out for them how he will reward them uh, for, for obeying him and keeping his commands. Uh, and how he will judge them if they refuse to keep his commands. They turn away from him. Uh, he says very clearly here in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 1, You shall not make idols for yourselves, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves, nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. Now, this is exactly what the children of Israel did when they came into the land. They began to worship idols and set up 
idols all over the land and, and worship them along with worshiping Yahweh. They continued to worship God. They continued to keep the feast. Uh, they had a form of godliness. They had a form of religiosity, uh, but they were also idol worshipers. Exactly what God told them not to do. Uh, if you look at verse 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then, so it's a conditional uh, statement here. It's an if-then statement. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last until the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Now, this is when they're in the wilderness. God brought them out of Egypt. In Egypt, they had the Nile River to water their land. And they had a canal system that provided water for their crops. Uh, going into the promised land, uh, they're, they're not going to have a major river that's going to provide water for their crops. They're going to have to depend upon God providing rain for them. God even says in the book of Deuteronomy, hey, the land I'm taking you to, it's not like the land of Egypt, where you, where you watered your crops with your feet, meaning the canal systems that they had created. God says, this is a land of hills and valleys, uh, and, and you're gonna, it's going to be watered by the rain. You have to depend upon God. You're going to have to live by faith in the promised land. Unlike Egypt, in the promised land now, you have to live by faith. Here God says, if you keep my statutes, keep my commandments, perform them, I will give you rain. Uh, your land will produce, it shall yield. The trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Uh, and, and so on. And verse 5 indicates it's going to be in abundance. The threshing shall last till the time of vintage. And the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. Year round they're going to have crops. You'll eat bread to the full. And he goes on uh, to, to explain to them uh, how he will bless them. Uh, if they keep his statutes, walk in his statutes and keep his Commandments. Now skip down to verse 14, because this is the part that applies to Ezekiel. Verse 14, but if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, remember they, they didn't just wander from the statutes of God, they despised them. If you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgment, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you. Babylonians. Wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts 
or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize